0: Mindfulness teacher and Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh said, Many people are alive, but don't touch the miracle of being alive. In this episode, we dive into creating inner peace and spaciousness of mind through welcoming the magic of the now. Welcome to the Modern Life and Spirit podcast, where we explore spiritual topics relevant to today's world. Your hosts, Certified Psychic Medium, Christina Wooten, and Reiki Master Teacher, Robert Wooten, break down how to work with spirit to create more positive growth in your life. Consider this podcast your go-to spiritual resource for navigating the modern world. Hey there, kindred spirits. Welcome to Modern Life and Spirit Podcast, where we talk about integrating spiritual and intuitive living with real world, what your real life is like. My name is Christina Wooten. I'm a certified psychic medium, and I'm here with Robert Wooten, my partner and husband, who is a certified Reiki master teacher. Hello there. Show the evidence that you're here with
1: us. I am here.
0: (laughs) Something that's been on my mind recently is that there is this clear connection between our mind, body, and our spirit. And yet, we are living these lives that try and compartmentalize the mind, the body, the spirit into these neat orderly sections in a schedule or in a checklist for the day of, okay, what am I gonna do for my body today? What am I gonna do for you know my physicality, for working out, for stretching? What am I doing for my health? What am I doing for my mental health, my clarity? and so forth. And trying to put things into these segmented boxes, I feel doesn't honor the interconnectivity of all of these areas of life that everything that we're doing is connected when we're a whole intrinsic being that's experiencing the world. We're not just experiencing it in these isolated ways. So when we try and approach the world in these segmented ways, it's not really honoring our holistic nature. And I think it brings this incredible challenge for us in different stages of life or different times when we're incredibly busy, or maybe you're really stressed, you have lots of obligations, or maybe you're in a period of life where you have younger children, and it's like all you can do <laughs> to you know, get up and function moment to moment because there's so much happening. But that doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your emotional health, your mental health, and your spiritual practice. And so I want to shed some light on a particular saving grace kind of practice that I believe really encompasses and incorporates all these different segments and different parts of life. So that we're not separating spirituality into only taking place in this one time during the day for a specific practice, whatever we've reserved, but instead we're bringing this spiritual mindset, this way of being, we're bringing a clear mind into what we're experiencing moment to moment. I've been so excited living here in Sedona because these types of mindfulness practices and peace practices and even yogic practices have been a part of the curriculum in the school that the children have been out for so many years. And I'm so pleased to see this younger generation be introduced to the simple pleasure of the breath, of centering, of calmness. And of honoring that if I'm not peaceful, I'm not going to relate to the world in a peaceful way. And I think those are such incredibly fundamental and powerful ways of reorienting how we focus in the world. Now, I know, Robert, you have been a studier and a practitioner of mindfulness for way longer than I have. So I'm excited to tap some of your knowledge today in this realm. So I'm hoping that you will help us out as we dive more into understanding what mindfulness is, how people can get started with it, and what are some of the incredible benefits?
1: Well, I'd like to first lower that bar a little bit. (laughs) I am not by any means an expert in mindfulness. My experience with mindfulness comes from my looking for ways to just calm my own manic energy down. I have a tendency to be very high energy in a lot of things, and that starts with my mind running a thousand miles per hour most of the time. And that turns into my body moving a thousand miles per hour at a time. And it has been a real process for me to learn steps and how to calm that down. You know, how to sit for more than five minutes at a time or where to find that space that I can work some type of meditation practice into my daily routine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means I just get up earlier. Sometimes it means that I just have to, you know, be aware in the moment that I haven't done that yet. And that it needs to be done to bring that peace and calmness into my day. I'd like to back up a little bit. I really like your, your talk about the holistic versions of how our bodies and our minds and our spirits all work together. And I think that it is a thing that most people just don't think about, that it's just something that you think that your body is your body, and it has to have nutrition, it has to have air, it has to have water, and your spirit is something that maybe you go to church on Sunday and you nourish it that way, or you do some reading mm-hmm. of some sort and you nourish it that way. And your mind is, you know, you read a book or something. And these are things that you think are all separate.
0: It's seen as a luxury too, isn't it? I right. think the spiritual nature isn't like, okay, I have, to, I have to eat. You have certain time that you have to eat and I've right. got to drink water today. And I have to do these things and I have to go get in the car and do this. It's, those are all very timed and it's easy to put spirituality on the back burner right. or feel like it's a luxury.
1: And the thing is, is if you are aware of the, how the energy flows through you, when you eat properly or when you're properly hydrated, even if you take a sip of water and you can immediately feel more than just the physical sensation of the water going through you, you feel your body relax, you feel your body feel nourished. That also affects your mental state because now your brain is working more functionally and then you can find that there is a spiritual practice in even that in taking a sip of water. And that's where mindfulness comes into that, is that you can engage this concept of mindfulness, which is just being aware in the moment of just the one thing that you're doing in that moment. And if it's taking a sip of water, it's thinking about just that sip of water. You'll feel that holistic nature of how it all works together when you stop and pause and think about that from that perspective.
0: So I wrote down some of the things that I feel mindfulness has given me when I'm in a space of, of practice regularly with mindfulness. One, the big one that I experience, I'm curious as to what your experiences are, is more spaciousness in my mind. I have more room for creativity for ideas to come to the surface because I'm not like la 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 all the time. Also being less forgetful, because if you're moving at a thousand miles an hour and your brain isn't really present in what you're doing, it's so easy to make little errors or mistakes or to do something in a really unconscious way. And then you're going, where did I put this? You know, losing things all the time. I'm ADHD, so I find that if I'm not very careful and very intentional about you know systems of where I put things and presence with what's happening in the moment, then yeah, you could find things all over the place. I have no idea where things are. Right. So being less forgetful and of course, less anxious because the more that you're forward projecting and forward thinking, the less I'm feeling very nourished in the moment of my life, the less I'm appreciating and grateful in that moment. And the more I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed about the things that haven't even happened yet, and probably are going to be just fine. (laughs) My interpretation is just different. And of course, with a clearer mind, you can respond to the world around you so much better in such a pure way. You can have the presence of your heart actually be there instead of an overactive, overthinking mind which is you know calculating which is more egocentric there's this space for more nurturing and you to be more nurturing to other people too and lastly this is a great way to improve your intuitive abilities because so much of your intuition is already present is already there the feelings that you get the sensations happening in your body But we've just taught ourselves to put that on the back burner while we focus on all this other, quote, important stuff, right? So you guys out there now, like, what important things are you thinking about right now, rather than being present with what's happening? How many times have you gone in and out of this podcast already because you're thinking about something else? So presence is something that is critically important. I really liked this quote from Diana Winston, who's the Director of Mindfulness Education at UCLA's Mindful Awareness Research Center. And how she's describing mindfulness is, I define it as paying attention to our present moment experiences with openness, curiosity, and a willingness to be with that experience not lost in the past and not lost in the future. I thought that word lost, not lost in the past, not lost in the future, was really profound for me. And also the concept of just being open, really trusting the moment, that the moment is going to reveal to you whatever it is that you need in this moment. And if you can bring more presence, if you can bring more curiosity and gentle, calming awareness to that moment, what can it reveal? How would you define mindfulness for yourself?
1: I'd also like to agree with all of the things that you were talking about, the benefits that you understand from mindfulness, and I would add one to that, and that's intentionality. Mm. Because I think whenever you pause intentionally to become aware and become mindful and become in that moment, that's where it begins is with that intention of mm-hmm. doing that. And now it doesn't have to mean that you have to stop whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. You just intend that you're going to become aware of what's happening and you're going to intend and create that moment of intention to be in that moment. Mm-hmm. And if you were to stop what you're thinking right now and just intend to be in this moment and be present of what, with what's going on around you even if it feels chaotic in the moment, you can become aware in that moment of the of the small parts That can bring you peace. Mm -hmm. So my understanding of mindfulness started way back when I read Thich Nhat Hanh's book, You Are Here. And it's a book about his understanding and his Buddhist teachings of being aware of things in the moment. One of the most impressive things that I knew about him was his walking pace. They called him the what was it? The meditating caterpillar or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's because he would do a walking meditation, but it was so slow because he would walk at the pace that he was breathing. So he would breathe in and take a step and breathe out and take a step and breathe in and take a step and breathe out and take a step. And if you've ever tried that, it is really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And that came from his years and years of just sitting and practicing. And so, our, you know, in reading that book, I began to understand. Now, he was a Zen monk, and in the Zen way of looking at things, you begin with a practice called zazen, which is sitting meditation, where you have your pillow, or your cushion, and or your chair, or whatever you're going to sit in, and you sit in and just slow down, and you become aware. It's a very, it's a very regimented practice of intentionally slowing yourself down and becoming present in the moment. Now, not everyone has the time to do that. Not everyone is a monk that can back away and that. Yeah, and I think that defeats
0: the practice in some ways of, you know, the mindfulness that we recognize today as being... It's a
1: much stricter version of it, exactly. But the concepts are still there. The concept of backing off of allowing your mind to run amok, you know, and allowing all of the things around you to dictate what you're going to think or feel or be aware of second by second, minute by minute, and becoming intentionally aware of only this moment. Become aware of only this in-breath, and Mm -hmm. that out-breath, and this in-breath, and that out-breath, or this heartbeat. Or if you're wanting to bring it to your daily activities, you can bring it to eating, and you are aware of your hand on the spoon. You're aware of the spoon as it picks up your food, and you put it in your mouth, and you feel the texture of it in your mouth, and the spoon, and you pull the spoon out, and you chew your food, and you swallow the food, and then you take a breath, and you do another bite, and you just move forward like that. You become, in, you know, intentionally aware of that moment, and that to me is what mindfulness is: is just being mindful of that moment.
0: So, consciously directing your attention, the focus and the perception of your mind, what it's picking up on in the environment to something that's happening in the moment. So whatever it is that you happen to do. The most obvious and easiest way to get started with your first practice is really with the breath. So bringing your attention the breath is always happening in the moment. It's always happening in the now. We use it a lot already in very calming practices and calming exercise. So it means it's so accessible and it's really easy for us to just take a moment and feel the different sensations. And the breath isn't just I'm noticing my chest rise and fall. it's it's all the different perceptions that come in. It's feeling the nourishment as the air enters your lung. It's feeling the sensation of the air as it goes into your nostrils or if you're breathing out, how you're feeling that little bit of air the change in temperature from when it enters the nose to when it exits the mouth it's that feeling of the sensation of the wind on the lips it's all these different layers of the movement and activity of the breath the approach of mindfulness is not to resist so when you're having thoughts come up Ideas come up when that getting lost in the past or getting lost in the future begins to occur. It's just a gentle, ah, okay. I accept that. I see and experience that with non-judgment because those thoughts are part of my now, part of my experience. And I just re-choose to experience whatever's on top of mind, which is going to be your breath. And there's other layers. Once you feel comfortable with grounding into the breath is noticing how does your body feel? How is your mind feeling today? What sensations are happening within you? How does your body feel as it sits on the chair? How does your body feel as it's moving? So with walking meditation, like you were talking about, noticing the change in the weight and the pressure of the distribution between different parts of your body, the rocking of your feet, the change from the heel moving throughout the feet to the tips of the toes. It's noticing all of these little elements. And in that noticing creates space. Because as we become more focused in one area, we don't have to fill it with all of this chatter, mental chatter that's happening.
1: And if you feel like you need to back up from your busy life, you feel like your your life is, you know, sort of regimented into your schedule of what you need to get done, you can really start with one minute or two minutes of this awareness practice to help build on that. You can mm-hmm. set a small timer and just only be aware in this moment of your breathing and only be aware of... How you're feeling in that moment, and yep. then if another thought comes in, you say so you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, here's my in breath, here's my out breath. Why are those socks over there? Wait, who put those socks there? Say, okay, I see mm-hmm. the socks, I let the socks go. <laughs> here's my in breath, release the socks. Here's my out breath. Did I did I, feed, did I feed the cat this morning? <laughs> let the cat go. The cat will be fine for the next two minutes. In breath, and out breath. Right. You just bring yourself gently back to that awareness in that moment. It doesn't have to be strict, and you don't have to judge yourself for yeah. it. You just allow yourself to flow through this moment.
0: I think that's the key is not being strict. If you're trying to just... I can only think about nothing but my breath. I can only, then it becomes this very stressful experience. Right. And we can really elongate it by just going, I'm choosing more presence in this moment. I'm allowing more presence to occur and it not have to be a stressful experience. You can be mindful when you're driving. You can be mindful when you're You should be
1: mindful when you're driving. <laughs> but how many
0: people are, have right. you ever gone down the road oh, and yeah. you're like, you've driven 10 minutes and you have no recollection right. of where you've been for 10 minutes? Also you can brush your teeth and be mindful. You can, you know, drink your morning coffee or drink your tea and be mindful. So the key I think is not about what's happening outwardly. It's just being very gentle in your awareness with what is happening inwardly and choosing to explore that, to be sensitive to it and to continuously remind yourself in a loving way that you're here to be present. And I love how when you can just do that simple thing that your heart opens, you know, being able to cook with love is really most of the time just cooking with presence and not cooking with, you know, anxiety and stress and thoughts that are in the back of your mind.
1: I think a lot of people nowadays would say that their first understanding of mindfulness without knowing that it was actually called mindfulness was when Eckhart Tolle's book The Power of Now yeah. came out you know that just took everyone by storm this was a thought that had been going on for many years but he was able to put it in such eloquent modern terms mm-hmm. of how to be present you know 100% in this one moment and he talked about the revelation of the power that he felt of limitless power really when he began to engage in only thinking of the moment now i don't i I would say i personally disagree with the idea that you can live that way in in a modern society and only be present in one moment to the next i think that we have established ourselves as a society that we do have to think of the future and we do have to remember the past in a way to help engage and inform us as to what our next decision should make but we also have to again holistically know when we need to back up from that. We can't let that continuously be the way we always live our lives. If you talk to a, you know, an older person on their deathbed, they're not going to tell you they wish they had thought more about and worried more about paying their bills. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell you they wish they were more present in the moment, in the important moments in their life. And I think that's an important thing to think about. I
0: think a lot of times you hear is, I wish I had taken more risks. Right. I wish I had taken more risks. Yeah. I wish I had been braver. When we look back, we feel really safe to to share things. And there's a part of us that goes, "Ah, oh, maybe if I had been a little less safe, I could have lived a little differently. And sometimes that's exciting to think about. What do you think has helped you the most in your mindful journey?
1: I, I would say it started for me in being aware that I needed to slow things down a little bit, that I was running a little hectic that I was not feeling at peace a lot, Mm -hmm. and I wanted more of that in my life. And also, I was learning about meditation to help develop my intuitive practice. And um, everyone that I spoke with, all my teachers, all said, first, you have to quiet the mind to learn to listen. Mm -hmm. And so there begins the practice of how do you quiet your mind. And so in taking a meditation course, you... You learn to only be aware in that moment of what it is you're trying to achieve, the, the quiet you're trying to find. And uh, it's, it doesn't have to be found. It's already there. Yes. You just have to intend to reach it. And that's where it started for me was the the process of saying, okay, I'm going to take these couple of minutes in the morning. I'm going to get up and I'm going to sit for five minutes and I'm just going to listen to my breath, feel my heartbeat and just sit and do that for five minutes. And that was enormously helpful in starting my day in a more focused and more quiet and more relaxed way, rather than jumping straight up Mm -hmm. out of bed and running about my daily routine first thing in the morning. I'd say that's the thing that I brought to it originally, was just the concept of a little bit at a time, build on finding that moment of quiet.
0: Right. Right. I think it makes the moment so much more pleasurable. We can appreciate sensations. We right. can you know, dive into that pleasure. My friend Ramana, who has been a teacher in India for many, many years, briefly back in the States right now until COVID kind of shifted everything and everybody's stay in India. And so now he's, I think, going to be going back soon. But one of the things that he told me that I think is really beautiful is – There's a part of you always in a perpetual state of meditation. Oh, I like that. So that to me has been such a beautiful touchstone Mm -hmm. of anytime I'm trying to center, anytime I'm trying to just take a moment and draw myself back from that little internal chatter is to be able to go, ah, I'm just aligning with that part of me who is perpetually in a state of pure meditation pure connection continuously right and i think that's a beautiful reminder that hey it's always there and it's accessible and we're just realigning with that beautiful power so as we're closing i want to remind you the greatest gift of mindfulness other than just spaciousness other than being able to respond more other than being more intuitive is that it's such an accessible practice. It doesn't require a certain environment. You don't have to be somewhere quiet. You don't have to be somewhere where you're not going to be disturbed at all. It doesn't require any special equipment, no subscription. It doesn't even ask you to do anything different. So there's no excuses that are going to stand up right? to why you can't Take a moment to reorient yourself and your practice and create more clarity of mind, create more inner peace and inner spaciousness. So there's no excuses. There's no sense of, oh, I have to be in a pure, calm state. You can do exactly what you're doing right now and invite mindfulness and clarity into that moment. And that simple beauty is the joy of mindfulness. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I hope that this continues to support you in your journey this week of creating more peace within yourself, creating more peace within your community, within your environment, with how you experience the love and connection of your family, of your friends, of the people and support system that's around you. There's so many blessings that we have in life that, We miss moment to moment because we are caught up in the thinking mind and it's such a beautiful blessing to just share that deeper moment of heart, deeper moment of clarity together now. See you next week.
1: Many blessings. The Modern Life and Spirit podcast is for informational purposes only. The information provided is not intended to provide medical, psychological, legal, or financial advice. Information provided is not to diagnose or treat any medical or psychological illness. To read the full disclaimer, see SedonaMedium.com.